Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Talking Football podcast. This time we're going to be choosing our signing of the summer. We're going to choose these almost by club really to make it easier to go through them all. So we're going to start with the champions Liverpool. They weren't too busy in the window but the two signings which stand out for me as certainly Thiago, Champions League winner multiple Bundesliga and La Liga champion. Only 20 million quid. Not a bad deal at all. For me, that's an instant highlight of the window. And then you've got Diego Giotto as well from Wolves for rumoured £40 million total. A bit steep, yeah. if you ask me, but his experience in the league and has already shown his capabilities in the front three. Yeah, yeah, they are. They, they just... What, what them two players bring they, they just add quality and depth don't they so Jota if there's an injury to Mane or um, Salah he can easily fill in um, those roles even, even Firmino he, he can play down the centre um, as he did as a youngster for, uh, in the Portuguese league and also uh, um, off uh, Raul Jimenez as we saw the last couple of years in the Prem um, and t- yeah Thiago t- is just a, a quality midfield player, name it in the midfield, he can probably go anywhere. Yeah, it's quiet in terms of bringing people in, but that's probably how Klopp wanted it, keeping that winning mentality from last season, taking it forward and developing with two uh, top quality players in Diogo and uh, Thiago. Spares are next. They did quite a lot of uh, business early on with, with Doherty from Wolves, Hoiberg from Southampton. I think he's gone yeah. under the radar a bit because he really did need someone to fight in that CDM role. Eric Dyer, yeah. but he's been a bit inconsistent over the last couple of seasons. So to get Hoiberg in early doors for a reasonably cheap fee isn't too bad. But the one that stands out for me is Sergio Regulon from Real Madrid. And the reason why they got him ahead of Man U is that they were willing to insert a, a buyback clause in order to get Bale on loan as well. That's a bit of a risk because the buyback fee, I think, is only about £40 million, but they signed him for 25 So, And of course, Gareth Bale is homecoming after a fair few years in the Spanish capital, only on loan, extremely high wages, but I think they're paying half half his wages, which isn't too bad for someone of his quality. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, I, th- I think that's how uh, Jose likes to do his business. He likes to get it in and done early as possible, um, just so he can instill his tactics and, and get him uh, fitted in uh, his system. Um, but obviously the bill one dragged on. Um, it was in the last couple of weeks that it actually went through. Um, but to bring in a player of his quality, um, obviously not happy the last couple of years at Real Madrid with the treatment for the fans. You could probably argue he, he probably didn't give back uh, in some respects, but he was harshly criticised by the fans overall, I, I feel. Um, so just to bring him away from that, into a, an environment where the fans love him because they know what he did before 
and I think you'll you'll probably see a player with um you know six seven years ago at Tottenham and the reason why he went for a world record fee of eighty six million pounds and yeah Regulon a young developing player um probably a bit risky with the buyback clause but if that's going to get him then I think that's how Jose wants him it saves him going to a rival um as you say so yeah it's probably good business from uh from Jose all round you know he's got cover more or less in every position with the signings he's brought in um and uh, I know he's not been playing for a couple of years but Joe Hart as well on the free just a solid experienced head isn't it just to have in the changing room and if you need to be brought on if anything happens to Hugo then he's, he's there and ready probably so yeah it's just good business from Tottenham all round Yeah he's won a lot of leagues to be fair Joe Hart he's, I think he won two leagues at City and a few FA and League Cups to go along with it so he's definitely experienced in actually winning trophies which is, is of course why Spurs chose Jose to take over from from Pochettino midway through last season in in the first place. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit now about Liverpool's Merseyside rivals Everton because they've spent heavily in, in recent years with 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 Lukaku and Richarlison who have both done well but they've been a bit more shrewd about the signings this season. And they signed a whole new midfield free, basically, in the space of about 48 hours, I think. It was James Rodriguez from Real for about £20 million. I think that could arguably be the signing of the window. Similar player to Thiago at Liverpool, but he plays obviously basically off of Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who's already reaping all the rewards of having someone so... World class behind him, but they also signed Alan from Napoli and Ducore from Watford. That's quite a cheeky deal, if you ask me, because Watford went down and they paid still quite a steep fee for him. But he's 20 million, yeah. He's different to whatever else they had, I think, Ducore. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think if you were to choose. Uh, a player from Watford's team last season, I think to stay in the Premier League, you would have chosen Decorah, and um, because he, he he's just he's just a workhorse. He he takes that pressure off the defence, uh, which we saw countless times last season for Everton with Keane and Mina. They not having that workhorse in the midfield, and um, you saw the pressure that they were under. And they couldn't cope at times. Decorey brings that for um, Everton. Um, he just he loves to put a foot in. He loves to carry the ball away from the defence into attack. Um, and he'll, he'll often drive into the box as well um, to try and nick a goal um, uh, from a, a cross or something. And yeah, James Rodriguez as, as well is for it. Um, a cheap fee. Um, I think what is it, forty million less than what he moved to Real Madrid for. Um, but he's under a manager that knows him, that will respect him, 
and back in uh, on many occasions. And we're seeing uh, the Hamish of Rodriguez of that 2014 World Cup now. It'll just be a perfect suit for Everton and possibly uh, get them back into the Champions League after a fair few years. If we look at the two Manchester clubs, they've both had reasonably good windows, like City have signed Nathan Ake and Ruben Diaz as, as centre-halves, and they've signed Ferran Torres for about £22 million from Valencia, I think it was. I think yeah. that's a good, good one for the future. United have signed Cavani and Van der Beek, another good prospect. Alex Tejas as well from Porto, I want to say. Yeah. He's a good left-back. Mm-hmm. I think Luke Shaw's good, but is he the player that everyone thought he was when he moved there from Southampton a few years ago? I'm not quite sure. But I want to stay for now. I want to go back to the capital and I agree the team who had the best window out of the whole Premier League in, in Chelsea because they made countless signs. I think they probably made seven signings. And if you look at each of them, they probably improved on every position in which they've signed players because they've had Mendy, goalkeeper, yeah. much needed because everyone's talked about Kepa for months and months now. They've signed Chilwell at left-back. He's a really good player. I think it was £50 million ish from Leicester who were making quite a good profit off yeah. of defenders of, of late. He's really good. But if you look at the attack, the amount of players that they signed in the attack, They've got uh, signed Timo Werner for, for a reasonably cheap fee. Ziyech was hardly anything, if I'm right. Kai Havertz for 71 uh, from Leverkusen. Yeah, Timo Werner and Kai Havertz for Chelsea, both coming from the Bundesliga. It's taken them, well, I think it's fair to say that it's taken them a fair few games to get used to the Premier League. But now Werner's been played through the middle, I think. He's played there for three games and he's already got three goals. Yeah. Alves is getting a few assists in there as well. Scored in the three-all draw against Southampton. I can't speak highly enough about the work that Frank Lampard's doing at Chelsea, especially in the window. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, th- I think last year, I think it was another big window of bringing players in, but I think that's just because Frank Lampard saw what was happening and a few players left and such but so you had that season um, to sort of look at where he needed to improve and like you say you look down that list of signs that he's brought in and yeah their improvements on the players that they've got um, especially I think the standout one for me yeah, um, you can talk about the attack but I think Ben Chilwell um, there's been a few occasions last season uh, where he saw Alonso just getting overrun defensively. Uh, he couldn't hack it. Chilwell, what, that won't happen. Uh, he's got a better recovery speed and if players do get past, but he's a solid head, he's a calm head, and he was one of the reasons why Leicester was high-flying last season. And you, you, you could say arguably one of the best left-backs in the Premier League um, last season. And yeah, I think Berner is probably the, the other standout because you know we talk about goals and goals in the championship he's going to get goals um, especially playing down the mid, down the middle um, and, and we're seeing that um, I'd like to see him in a partnership with Ta- uh, Tammy Abraham 
Uh, I think that'll be an interesting one. It could be a, a sort of a little throwback to sort of like a Peter Crouch defer kind of sort of big man, small man uh, partnership. So that that'll be an interesting to see if Frank Lampard would do that or whether he sticks to his four-three-three. Uh, Going to the Manchester club. Um, I think Manchester United have probably had a better window because, um, again, they've signed players to improve. Um, all right, we haven't seen him uh, much, uh, but Donny van der Beek, good potential signing, um, will, will definitely uh, improve when he, when he comes on. Uh, and we've seen midfielders sort of struggle for Man United, um, notably Pogba. Is that going to leave a, an opening for Donny to step in and then, and then tell us, like you say, coming in uh, to, a, uh, to a left-back spot that is there for taking. Um, uh, Shaw hasn't sort of settled that spot just yet, has he? So tell us he's there to take it. And then Man City, um, they spent big on Ruben Diaz, who, who is 22-23, I want to say, from Benfica. Uh, I still think they, sh- they should have used that money uh, to get a more tried and tested centre-back um, at a higher league, uh, like a Colour Bali, um, just, just because they haven't replaced company, um, I don't feel. And I'm not saying Ruben Diaz isn't going to be, uh, hasn't got the potential to be um, a company, Um but they should really have done it now. Also, was it forty million on Nathan Ake? That's a huge fee. More than I think that's like what it has to be one of the biggest transfers for a relegated defender to come to a, a top club. He has got a mistake in him, Nathan Ake. He, he can carry the ball well. Um, he, he he's a good ball playing centre back, but there is definitely a mistake in in Nathan Ake. And, why Bournemouth went down last season um, as well. So, yeah. I know it's an episode about signing players, but I just want to question the fact that they spent £40 million on Ake and then shipped out again heavily for, for Diaz in a deal in yeah. which Nicholas Otamendi went the other way. Mm. They let him go and then spent all that money on someone who's younger, far more inexperienced, Obviously, he hasn't played in the Premier League before. Mm. He's played a few games in the Champions League, I think, for Benfica. But don't quote me on that. But I don't... And then Guardiola came out and said they couldn't afford another not-quite-world-class striker, but a really good backup in case Aguero got injured again. When he'd already spent yeah. £40 million on Ake. If you keep yeah. Andy, and then spend that 60 odd million on Timo Werner, for example... Chelsea signed him for much less than sixty million. Or yeah, or, or you could go for someone just. just and there were a few strikers in the Premier League in the Bundesliga around the world who were easily affordable with that sixty million. So to come out and say that you couldn't afford yeah. a striker when you let one and a half go after signing one already, just to bring in someone who's younger, and and. I agree, better on the ball. I don't get it. 
I, I mean, I can sort of understand getting him Diaz because he's, he's got huge potential ahead of him. Um, Nathan Ake, they spent 41 million. It could have used that to try and get Danny Ings, you know, who, who in in a city team, I think would love it because they've got a sim- he's similar to Aguero. All right, yeah, he's not got as many goals, but he's a similar player. He, he loves to run at defenders. He loves to play on the shoulder. 40 million, I think, could have got Danny Ings away from Southampton, and that's a top-class striker. He got 20 plus goals last season. Um, in uh, all right, yeah, they, they rejuvenated after the um, 9-0 loss, but you know, many tipped Southampton to sort of be relegation scrapping. But he he got 20 plus goals in that team. In that 41 million, I think, could have got Danny Ings. One team that have, of course, got a couple of world-class strikers is Arsenal. So we'll finish off the big teams by talking about them. And they got a free signing, of course, from Chelsea in William. Out wide, yeah. I was a number 10 if he gifts in field. They also signed Gabriel, centre-half. I think that's a really good piece of business and that's reasonably cheap also. But central defensive midfield has been Arsenal's weak spot, along with and a half for a long time and the signing of, of Thomas Partey from Atletico Madrid I think they signed him for, for 45 million quid yeah he alongside Thiago and James for me is up there in my top three signings of the summer window because yes it was expensive for a CDM like you don't see a lot of high value central defensive midfielders these days but he's exactly what Arsenal needed. I don't think he's put a foot wrong in the games that he's played since joining the Gunners. Mm-hmm. And to leave Atletico Madrid in the Champions League to drop to Arsenal, who are arguably going to be outside the Champions League places for me for maybe another two or three years, it shows his, his commitment to the cause too. Yeah, I think, was it um, Simeone? Um, I didn't like that because he was going to build the team around Thomas Partey. So this is the level of player that you're talking about. A, a manager of, um, you know, Simeone sort of ilk, um, praising highly of what Thomas Partey is a part of his system. Uh, and for him to lose that um, and come to Arsenal um, shows the level of player that Mikel Arteta is bringing in here. Um, I, to be honest, I think for 45 million is a fair price. I think um, it was crucial to Atletico beating Liverpool last season. Um, he, he sort of stopped Firmino doing his work, um, which, which is crucial to Liverpool's style of play. Um, and and he, he, he has been a, a big part of Atletico's sort of growth over the last few years under Simeone as well. If you look at Arsenal's team from last season, arguably their best player at the back end of it was Martinez in goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, let's, uh, so let's talk about his transfer to Aston Villa a bit because they've had a really good window too. He signed and I think he kept a clean sheet in his first three matches. We've got Ross Barkley being on loan from Chelsea. Apparently Grealish was on WhatsApp for like three weeks trying to convince him to sign so he eventually 
got his way. And then they also signed Traore, of course, from Lyon. That's going to yeah. be under the radar as well, if you're not a Villa fan, of course. And then Ollie Watkins in quite a high, high money move, especially for a championship player. I think it was 30 million ish. Yeah, 33. Add ons and all that. But he's, he's obviously already showed his worth when he stuck three or four past Liverpool in his first home game. Yeah. Only Watkins, yeah, he's come to the championship, but he he's always had that sort of Premier League head, even back in the lower leagues when he was at Exeter. He's always seemed to look like a player that was certain to be in the Premier League, and I'm so glad that he's got that chance now. Um, especially at a creative club like Aston Villa. I mean, I personally don't raise myself, but Jack Grealish does create chances, um, and player like Holly Watkins is going to relish under that and um, yeah I think that's a great signing could argue about the fee um, but nonetheless they've got a top quality player there Another club who have got into the championship in the last couple of seasons has been West Ham and they signed Syed Ben Rama eventually on deadline day another big name leaving Brentford to go to the Premier League and they've had a like I say, a couple of seasons in the transfer market and the fans have been unsure about their business, but they are picking up form. So are uh, Newcastle as well. And they've mm-hmm. signed a fair few players this season. They've got um, Jamal Lewis from Norwich, reasonably cheap fee. Jeff Hendrick from Burnley on a free. Similarly, Ryan Fraser, who who left Bournemouth amidst all the pandemic, you know, contract mm-hmm. extension, Malaki, will you sign or not? And he said no. So he was kept out of the team for the remainder of his contract. And then he also went and got Bournemouth star striker, Callum Wilson. He's got that analysis of where to be in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. His chances. Newcastle and West Ham, they've got two very experienced Premier League managers that know what they're doing, how to use the transfer market. And I think what we're seeing here is them doing exactly what they've needed to do. Um, you know, they, we was crying out for a, a top-class number nine last season for Newcastle. Um, and he's, he's got that now in Callum Wilson, West Ham. Um, you could probably say they've spent big, but not really shown uh, that money uh, in league position um, but I, th- I think the standout one is making Thomas Suchek permanent um, because he was on, on loan last season I believe um, and um, you just saw when he came in uh, he just changed that midfield and uh, West Ham did pretty well in sort of project restart um, and Suchek got a few goals and was a big part of that uh, uprising. And yeah, Saeed Ben Rama as well. Um, all right, he dragged it on over the window, but to go to West Ham to play with another championship quality player in Jared Bowen, um, that, that's going to help him. 
uh, because they both know know each other. They've both played against each other um, and know the strengths and stuff. And the sort of rise at the same time is going to help them, I think. And Craig Dawson as well. Um, he probably won't play much this season, um, but he's an experienced head. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's played on, uh, under Tony Pulis at West Brom. Um, and obviously, he, he's done well um, at Watford as well. Um, so to, to bring in that calm, sort of level-headed experience uh, in the back, um, just, just to have him in and around uh, the club, I think it is, is a very good uh, coup for David Moyes because that makes his job a little bit easier uh, if, if they're on the back end of a 3-0 at half-time or whatever you know, a, a voice in that dressing room just to say, look, guys, read our game and then uh, then improve in the second half. Um, so, so, yeah, I think, I think that's a solid play to, to have uh, in the dressing room. A couple of the teams who really impressed last season have done what Liverpool did perhaps maybe a year or maybe two years ago in Leicester and, and Southampton, who haven't necessarily strengthened in numbers this season, but they've signed a couple of quality players each. So Leicester's standout for me is his Tastania, the fullback. Instantly, yeah. in his first few games, I think he got two assists and a goal, a couple of clean sheets, instant impact there, trying to replace, of course, Ben Chilwell, who left for for Chelsea, as everyone knows, and we've previously spoken about. But Theo Walcott, going back to Southampton, on loan, I believe it was, from Everton. Everton, of, Everton, of course, have got strength in depth now going forward. So he was more than happy, Theo, to go back to where it all, built, where it all began all those years ago for him. Making Carl Walker-Peters permanent as well. Um, I think that's, that's a good coup. Uh, for Hassan Hussle, um because he was a solid right back last season um, after the 9-0 drubbing that we all talk about uh, at Southampton last season but since then Carl Walker-Peters just became a solid right back um, especially during Project Restart where Southampton climbed to 10th uh, at the end of the season uh, after a good run of form he, he was key to that and then yeah it go, go to Leicester um, and yeah to, it, it's going to be hard to replace Chilwell um, but I think they've done it with Castagna. Um I don't think he's as young but um, you know he, he did well with that Atalanta last season who were sort of like a Serie A shock um, I believe that no one expected to to see them do as well as they did, um, both in the Champions League and league. So, so you're getting that level of player um, at Leicester, which is probably where they're aspiring to be this season in the Champions League or, or pushing as close as they can uh, to finishing in those spots. And it will certainly uh, help because I, I believe he can play both sides of the fullback. Um, so it, it, it's a good good pull from uh, uh, Leicester there, I think, to get Castagna there uh, after seeing Chilwell go for a big money move to Chelsea.
I want to focus on the three promoted teams a bit. And I think it's quite obvious that Leeds United had the best window of the three of them. But Fulham Sound signed Alphonse Ariola in goal. And of course, they have been shipping goals, but he is still a quality keeper. Adamola, luck winner as well, on loan mm-hmm. late in the day, in the in the summer window. West Brom of, I'd say, if you look at the league as the whole and the other teams that win it, I'll probably put them, Burnley, who got Dale Stevens, probably Crystal Palace is the three teams who haven't really excited me in the window. But Leeds, mm-hmm. in terms of the three promoted clubs, Leeds have certainly had the strongest um, summer for me because they made Meslier permanent in goal. Yeah. Rafinha came in, the Brazilian, although of course he wasn't the ex-Barcelona Rafinha that I thought he was initially when I heard his name <laughs> being battered around. But they got Robin Koch as well, centre-half, and Rodrigo from Valencia. Another foreign striker coming in from Spain, but and he's not probably hit the heights yet. He's arguably Spain's most I think he's Spain's most used striker in the in the national team, which is quite surprising when when you've got Costa and Morata in that squad too, so he must be worth something. He's he's a similar player to Bamford. Um who has probably exceeded expectations this season, Bamford, with the goals that he's got. Um, but Rodrigo is a similar player. He he loves to drive with the ball. He'll hold it up. He'll play it off. Because um, he, he has, yeah, uh, he started out with a winger, I believe, at, at Valencia uh, when he's uh, coming through. Um, so he's got that more creative mind uh, to him. So. I mean that that'll only uh well you should it should reap benefits for Leeds United with the players that they have out wide with uh, Jack Harrison and Helder Costa that they'll just love having a striker that'll just feed them to run run at the defence. I also agree with uh, the Fulham and the uh West Brom transfer windows. I mean Yes, but Fulham, the players that they've got, I mean, you look on paper, the players that they've got, like Loftus-Cheek, um, Luckman, Ariola, even Mario Lamina from Southampton, you know, the, the sort of high-level players that that they've got, but they just not seem to have shown up. Um, I, know, I know it takes time for players to gel together, um, but a lot of these are English that play together in the under-21 team, um, so that they should know the way that each other plays, so for them to not have gelled uh, as much as um, Parker would have liked is, is a shame. Uh, and also, I, th- I think I think what West Brom, uh, yeah, I like they brought in Callum Robert, uh, Robinson from Sheffield United, but they haven't really got that out and out number nine that's of high quality to get them the goals. I mean, you've got uh, Charlie Austin on the bench who, yeah, can get you goals, but he's not uh, he's not got the legs anymore, I don't think, um, that he did when he was at Southampton. 
um, and even then he struggled for goals. Um, I, I think to, so. I think the only the only standout is making Grady Diangana permanent along with Matthias Pereira. Um, but you can't just rely on two midfielders to get goals. You, you need that striker as well in there. And as of yet, they have uh, the strikers that they brought in, uh, Callum Robinson and Callum Grant. Yes, they're high level championship players, but they haven't shown the, their Premier League uh, sort of now yet, um, but they've definitely got the potential to, to be high quality players. You mentioned there how Leeds failed to get Ben White away from Brighton. Mm-hmm. A lot of, and there was a lot of talk about him actually wanting to go to Leeds, but Brighton simply stood the ground and asked for basically too much money for a club of Leeds United's financial capability. But if you look at the players that they brought in, I think they brought in Joel Feltman on a free yeah. transfer offer. Very little. 900k, I think, something daft like that. Something like that. But also, Adam Lalana from Liverpool, who had been out of the squad in terms of a regular starter for Liverpool for the last couple of seasons. But I'm not sure if you heard that. Um, heard Jurgen Klopp's interview when when Lalana was in the BT Sports studio the other week. He said that he was. He was one of the best players that, and professionals that he's ever worked with. So Brighton, for yeah, me, have been a story of the window. Having signed Neil Morpai last season to then start to add a bit of defensive stability and then a bit of creativity again in the midfield. It's been a really good summer for Potter's side. One team that's kind of disappointed me so far this season, both off the pitch in the, in the transfer window and on the pitch, has been Sheffield United. The signs, Brian Brewster from Liverpool for £23 million, I think, but Liverpool have got a buyback, buyback clause in there. I'm not sure how much it is, but to have a, such a good season last season, against all the odds, Sheffield United, to then, to make your only marquee signing, a really young striker who's, if he has played in the Premier off the bench last season for Liverpool, which I don't think he did because he went to Swansea in the second half of the season on loan. That's a hell of a risk and I think they're in the bottom three as it stands. And if he doesn't start to perform, I watched a match of the day and the amount of crosses that they've not been putting into the box if you're going to sign a striker who's that young, for that much money, you need to give him service. And if he doesn't get the service, number one, they aren't going to do very well. But also, number two, Liverpool, if they ever want to bring him back to Anfield, why would they if he's not getting the service and therefore he's not scoring the goals to get them, you know, to get himself noticed again? So, Sheffield United, they really need to step the game up both for themselves and for Bruce's career, in my opinion. I think they're still missing that um, Dean Henderson, uh, is man new, obviously wanting to keep him. Similar to Brighton, the way with Ben White, man new sort of stood the ground and not let Dean Henderson go because 
the goalkeeper that he was last season for Sheffield United and one of the reasons why they were so high flying. Um, they replaced him with Darren Ramsdale, who was at Bournemouth, and they went down. So it shows that they're conceding goals. Um, arguably, yes, Sheffield United have a better defence than Bournemouth, but um, you know, all all the players have to do is just put um, of the opposition. They just have to put the ball into the box and get him get that keeper thinking because he's he's not going to have the confidence um, that Dean Henderson might might possess. Um, and yeah, agree. You, you can't have a young what twenty twenty one year old striker as your marquee um, signing of the season. And um, Rian Brewster, yeah, he's got bags of talent. Um, and huge potential ahead of him. Um, and, and we saw some of that at Swansea in his loan spell last season. Um, but they put balls into him. They crossed it to him. You know, they, they gave it to him on the edge of the box, which is where he wants to be at Sheffield United. It's, they, they've not done that yet. They can cross it. They've got quality crosses in the team. They just need to give him that... Um, Give Rianne that service now, and he will score. And we've only got one more team left, but I left these until last because after such a disappointing end, eventually to last season, Wolverhampton Wanderers for me, when they missed out on any European football at the end of last season, it was seen as a really negative thing, and they put all that effort in just to miss out on the final day when they lost at Chelsea on the final day of the season. But if you look at the squad they had, it wasn't the biggest. No. And if you look at the teams around them now, because they're all in the in Champions League, Europe League places, they're going to play a game, one game on average every three and a half or four days for the next few months, at least until the end of the year. Whereas Wolves, they have every midweek off. And they've made some really good additions and they've done basically what they always do now is go to Portugal, see who they want and go buy them. They've got Fabian Silva, the teenager from Benfica, I think it was. Porter. Porter, sorry. Quite a lot of money for someone who's not going to be a regular because Jimenez, rightly so, is going to be number one until he leaves one day for a much bigger club. Sorry, Wolfs hands, but... He will go one day to a bigger club. But they've got Ruben Semedo from, from Barcelona. And, and after losing Doherty to Spurs, we're basically in a, a direct rival for those top four, top six spots in the league. Ruben, no, Nelson Semedo. I'll get it right because Ruben Semedo plays for Olympiacos in Greece. So, Nelson Zamedo from, from Barcelona for me. Really good signing. It's a bit of a wild card of a shout, but I'd put him in there in the top five signings of the Premier League summer because he's quick, he can recover, he's got an engine. And from his time at Barcelona, he, he knows what to do with the ball. If he's under pressure, he can play out, but 
he knows when too much pressure is too much. He's not going to give it to the keeper and force him into a mistake. If he needs to hoof it, he'll hoof it. But when he gets in the final third, I mean, he's already shown in a few games that he's played his crosses and his ability to pick a man out. Or at least put the ball into that six-yard line area is absolutely fantastic. So Wolves and me have had a very sneaky window. Haven't done as much to have it as to have in recent years, but also the addition in the last January window of, of Daniel Podence from Olympiacos. I think they sent Ruben Vinagra the other, the other way this summer. I yeah. say a thank you for Podence because Podence is all already showing quality of Premier League standard. So Wolves and me, with all the other teams around them, going to have to play three games a week until, I think, February at the earliest. Wolves have got a real chance at the top four this season. Uh, agreed, yeah. And well, we're seeing that at the start of this season, what are they, fifth or sixth in the league? So, so we're seeing that already pay off. Um, and yeah, I was, I was shocked when Matt, when I saw the Matt Doherty transfer go through. I was like, why are Wolves doing this? But I think Nuno wouldn't have let it go if they didn't have a player of Nelson Semedo's quality in the background going through, um, which almost happened a day, two days later. Um, so so the, 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 I think they've basically improved on that, I think, uh, especially in the future term, because Matt Doherty is 28-29, but Semedo is 24-25, so he's not, so Semedo's not even hit his sort of peak yet, really. So he's still developing in sort of football years. Um, but coming from a team like Barca, he knows how to play football. Um, he's Portuguese as well, so that helps with uh, the club dynamic. So you can speak to everyone at Wolverhampton, probably. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and I think I think Fabio Silva, it, obviously, it's definitely one for the future. Um, like you say, when, when Raul uh, leaves uh, or... Uh, on moves on, um, shall we say? Um, Fabio Silva could be a a, a player that that they'll need, and we've we've seen one very young striker do well in La Liga, coming from Portugal in Joao Felix, who, who moved obviously for uh, more money than Silva did, um, but Silva imports in Porto terms, was talked on a similar level. It was this player that just sort of just came out of nowhere, really, from the youth system, uh, pushed into the sort of first team at 17, 18, and really sort of, you know, made the mark and made fans go, hang on, we've got a talent here. Um, so to, to surprise him away from that, I think that that's going to be a coup for Wolverhampton's sort of future aspirations and where Nuno obviously wants to take this Wolverhampton squad um, uh, so yeah we can only credit Nuno where it's due and he's had a good window um, and we're seeing that in the league at the minute whether that can carry on So there you have it we've covered all 20 
all 20 Premier League teams. What, if you had to give me a top three, which, which three signings have impressed you the most in terms of the fee paid or the importance to the team that they've joined? Which, which three moves stand out the most for you? Uh, I'm going to say one that we just mentioned, Nelson Semedo. Uh, I think it was crucial to fill in that right back spot for, or right wing back spot, sorry, for, for Wolverhampton and Matt Doherty, who's a what for the last sort of few years in the Premier League. So replacing him with the quality of a Barcelona player, Nelson Semedo, has to has to be one of the one of the signings of the window for me because that that for me just came out of the blue. Because I didn't really see why Barcelona would let that let him go. Um, elsewhere, I'd probably say Thiago for Liverpool has to be um, sort of in the top three because just the, the ease that he makes football look um, and how well he can control and dictate the game. I think what in his first sort of 45 minutes, he had more passes and more higher pass accuracy than any of the players that were on the pitch. Uh, so that just shows the level of player that they're getting there. Obviously, a crucial part of Bayern Munich's Champions League success last season and league dominance uh, as well. Um, and then I'll probably have to say Hannes Rodriguez, just because of how small of a season paid for him, but how crucial and how sort of well class he'd been this season uh, under Ancelotti and Everton, you know, all constantly feeding the ball into Dominic Calvert Lewin to attack. He can spread the ball uh, to make the pitch as wide as possible. Um, but he's also got the, the technique to take players on and dribble past them as well and draw a foul uh, or get past them and whip the ball in. So Dominic, uh, I think for me, they're, they're my three. Um, so yeah, what, what about you? I agree with two of them. I think Thiago for Liverpool, 20 million for undoubtedly a world-class midfielder for me in the top five midfielders, maybe even top three midfielders in the world. Mm. I think that's really good. And the fee, 20 million. I mean, if Crystal Palace won 80 for, for Zaha, like they said two years ago, yeah. 20 million for Thiago, pocket change for a club of Liverpool size. James as well. James, for me, he's my number one. So I'll come on to him in a minute. But Thomas Partey at Arsenal, they've missed someone who does the dirty work in midfield. They've had Erzl for years. They've had Aaron Ramsey, Jack Wilshire injuries. You know, they let him go. Like, I had so many options and so many people who have all said, yes, he's, he should be the guy to make a difference. But they've missed someone who can go to ground in the, in the pouring rain. He'll tackle, he'll tackle, he'll tackle. He won't stop for the whole match. And he, he, can, he can win you the game. And I think he's one of the silent leaders that you need in the team because he's not going to where they are armband, but his presence and how how he can run the game from such a deep lying defensive position, I think it's going to be invaluable to, to Arsenal. But number one signing for me is James. Ancelotti signed him for Real. 
in 2014. He then took him on loan to Bayern a few years later and, and he's now somehow priced into Everton. For him to drop out of one of the top three clubs in the world, for me, the best club in the world in terms of the finances and the history of Real Madrid, to bring him to, to Everton who haven't had European football I want to say for going on 10 years, especially Champions League. They haven't had Champions League in a long, long time. But, but to bring someone in of that calibre for that cheap price, it's probably the best transfer they've done. Since Lukaku, 100%. Maybe even like someone of Tim Cahill's kind of influence on the team. Because he was, he was never like in a window. He was never talked about as being a big player. But he was in terms of the importance and like uh, and the effect he had on the team. He, Hamid is going to be of that much importance, and I think he'll improve Everton no end. Exactly. So that's it. All twenty clubs. We've agreed on two of the top three transfers to the window. If you agree with us and feel the same, let us know in the comments. And if you don't, do the same, and we'll be. Happy to discuss with you. So uh, until next time, we'll, we'll see you later. Farewell. Yeah,